0: all right guys welcome back to the run it bag podcast uh it is super super bowl week wes uh and yeah welcome to super bowl week but uh yeah welcome guys to the run it bag podcast i am joy your host and alongside with me as always is wes how's your week today
1: wes hi joy hi run it back nation happy to be uh going on a matinee show with you today so uh for everyone listening today, as we're doing this, we're doing this a little bit earlier, uh, just to work around uh, the Super Bowl. And for those uh, uh, who don't know what the Super Bowl is, it's basically um, NFL football, American football. It's their championship game. So I guess if you're based in uh, Europe or Asia, think of it as like the UEFA Champions League or the FIFA World Cup final, kind of yeah. like that. Uh, so um, yeah, so big, uh, big stuff. Uh, in this country And I'm looking forward to the game tonight okay. But uh, for now uh, We talk about racing And I'm ready to get into it with you Joy About uh, Formula 1 On this awesome Super Bowl Sunday
0: Alright well let's get into it Let's get into the hot laps uh, So well, probably one of the biggest news right? I mean it's not really big news But like it's still quite obvious There's still a pandemic going on uh, And the pandemic You know Formula One thought that this pandemic would kind of be gone or like you know there, there won't be a pandemic anymore when the season starts but you know lo and behold it's still here and it is still affecting the calendar uh, and one of the biggest things is uh, that Stefano Domenicali said that uh, is that there could be two Bahrain Grand Prix again this this year. Now um, he said that he's constantly on the phone every single day Um Talking to event organizers around the world, um, but yeah, uh, there's so there's no details if like you know if there is gonna be two bar ranges, but there could be, and yeah, what are your thoughts, Wes?
1: I think it's just to cover their bases, right? right. Um, I generally think it's a good idea, right. uh, just in case that uh, the pandemic doesn't fully resolve itself mm. uh, come season start time. I would like to see if it's just going to be two of the same track, or if it's going to be the layouts, that, uh, yeah. varying layouts. But um, I don't know. I, I have no problem with it, to be honest with you. Yeah, uh, Bahrain gives good racing. It's one of my favorite uh, tracks throughout the whole calendar. And mm. um, although I would love to see Albert Park again, uh, yeah, looking uh, to open the season at Sakhir is not a problem for me either.
0: Yeah, yeah, and you know. Article, it's found on ESPN by the way. Uh, the article doesn't necessarily say, or Stefano Domenicala doesn't necessarily say if they're looking, they're already looking to like changing the layout of the grid because they're not actually entirely sure just yet if they're going to need to borrowing Grand Prix. Um, and, but he did also say, interestingly, in the article that uh, they're really aiming for 23 races um, into the season, which i think i've already voiced my opinion i think 23 is a lot 21 seemed okay 23 seemed like to be pushing it but yeah i mean you know if that's what they need to do then then i'm happy you know but as long as it's bahrain which like you said it does give good races which whatever um layout we get good racing out of it so so yeah i mean i think i think it's okay for now
1: yeah, like I said, I have no problem with it. Right. Um, of course, it will be interesting to see if the climate will change right. as the days go on. But if that's what it looks like uh, we're heading towards, so be it. Right, absolutely.
0: And so, yeah, uh, let's move on to the drive to survive, right? So, drive to survive season is coming up. Um, I believe it's at the end of March. Uh, I'm not, yeah, I should have checked the date, but it's coming up. Uh, I saw this because, uh, Formula One posted on it saying that, you know, draft to survive is, or actually, it was Will Buxton saying that, you know, draft to survive is coming up. He has his own YouTube channel and, um, you guys should check it out. Uh, but yeah, he said it's coming up. It's coming up soon. Uh, I believe he said it was either March or June, like somewhere in between, in between those two, uh, two totally separate uh, months, but... Yeah, uh, your reactions was I I can't believe they still was able to shoot Drive to survive, you know, even with the COVID regulations or yeah.
1: Sure. Well, I will also say you know it's one of the more trending shows on Netflix. Like even if you don't like Formula One or don't care for it, uh, it tends to be on the the watch now page, the front page of Netflix. Right. Right. So Netflix sees it as, okay, this is one of our attractions, let's do whatever we can to keep it, especially since it's gotten pretty much positive reviews. And I will also say, you know, from my personal experience, uh, from talking to other Formula One fans, whether they're uh, casual or diehard, or even in the middle, Avid, they, they said that they've had friends who didn't know anything about Formula One prior, just showed them an episode or a season and all of a sudden they're either hooked or have a better understanding of what the competition is about so yeah no I mean it's it's pretty cool um I don't have a Netflix I will admit that right now to the, the running back nation so I probably won't watch this upcoming season and gr- given given I already have an idea of what they would show anyway right so I mean, it's, if you're, I will say, though, I will uh, recommend the show, though, if anyone here is curious to learn more and wants to know the innards and outards of uh, Formula One, uh, please check out Drive to Survive and maybe have your eyes peeled up for Season 3 as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, I, I do I, I agree with you, right? It's a great basis to, like, learn, or just a great base uh, to, like, learn Uh, Formula One, uh, because it's a lot of the drama that we don't get to see uh, on track, right? There's a lot of politics that play into Formula One, and I'm glad that this show exists for that reason, right? I would have never known that Christian Horner and um, fucking, you know, Cyril Abitable are like, you know, kind of... I knew that they were intense rivals, but I didn't know that the marriage between Red Bull and Renault were that sour at that point uh, and yeah I mean it's going to be interesting right um, this year uh, the events that have happened uh, prior to COVID all the driver moves uh, pretty much Mercedes using the DAS system that was such a huge like you know it, it brought such a huge commotion in, uh, in testing and yeah there's just so many things that happened this year and then I just hope I also hope that you know I felt like season two was a little bit of a letdown uh, I will admit Uh, I felt like there was so many stories that I feel Netflix missed uh, that I wanted to learn more about but you know then again uh, I think I think this is I'm glad that we have this you know I just wanted to see the drama in the back
1: you know oh sure I mean, it's it's it gives. I mean, like I said earlier, it gives a lot of insight to what would generally go on. Yeah, of course, if you're at that level of avid diehard, you might criticize the show for not including certain uh, detail that happened. But but of course, you gotta understand that some things are just better uh, kept on other avenues of Formula One. Right, and sometimes they wouldn't even allow Netflix crews anywhere. Uh, near them, uh, i.e., Mercedes, mm. right? So, yeah, no, um, yeah. I mean, I'm excited for whoever's going to be consuming the show, and I mean, it's it it's it's great.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Wes, um, what was your favorite moment or episode in all of a uh, season, or like any of the seasons in draft to Survive?
1: Uh, I would say uh, when uh, the news was circulating in season one, about uh, Ricardo going to Renault.
0: Ooh, okay. And
1: Christian Horner was like, oh, really, you spent all that money on one driver. And (laughs) Cyril was like, oh, I got plenty of money. And then, of course, uh, if depending on who you support in that uh, divorce, whether that was Renault or Red Bull, you kind of wanted something to happen for your team, right? So if you're with Renault, you wanted DR to put Renault back in the conversation. Right. If you're if you're Red Bull, you wanted to see what uh, what Max and his teammate at the time, which would have been Pierre Gasly, right, would have done. Uh, and what the Honda engine could do. Of course, hindsight is twenty twenty. Uh Renault actually took a little bit longer than Cyril Abidable would have hoped and Daniel <laughs> Ricardo would have hoped to make them remotely close, while yeah, yeah. Red Bull had a career year both times, right? Last right. season and the season before. So uh, yeah, and then of course now you look into today's climate, no more Cyril Abitable no more Renault. Yeah. At yeah. least as the name. <laughs> no more Daniel Ricardo at Renault. Right. Of course on Red Bull side because I say no more Pierre Gasly. Uh, soon to be no more Honda. So it's kinda <laughs> like, whoa, what is going on here? Right, right. So but no, that was my favorite moment. Of the uh, of that series, because if you ask me right now, I think Red Bull won that exchange.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It, yeah, thank you sh- for sharing your favorite moment. But um, yeah, I, that was actually also my favorite moment. So oh, come um, on! But but uh, <laughs> but my second my second favorite moment was um when they captured Carlos Sainz's, uh podium. Right. when they captured Science's podium in the first podium in McLaren in season two, that to me in Brazil, right in Brazil, that was that was incredible. Right. Um, McLaren, we've already said, is more of a fun team to 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 drive for uh, the drivers enjoy it now, uh, but like that was more. Like throughout the season, you know, we still kind of followed McLaren. We follow. We kind of followed Carlos Sainz a little bit more. But throughout the the season, there was just a culmination of something's gonna happen, or you know, and, and the, the the thing that happened to McLaren is that they got best of the rest, and Carlos Sainz won driver of, or best of the rest, pretty much. Uh, and yeah, uh, to to me, like that was exciting because seeing McLaren back onto the podium was... You know, it, it was exciting. It, it, no, it seems as though, like, the the team... Well, it signifies that the team is moving up, and they're kind of embracing this new role uh, in Formula 1, you know, but they're still climbing, right? They're still climbing, and you could just tell, like, there's so, many, so much love between McLaren and Carlos Sainz that um, I can't wait for the episode this upcoming season where... You know they probably they're probably gonna showcase the the breakup or you know Carlos leaving, uh, McLaren, to go to Ferrari. So yeah, those are that I think was my second favorite um episode or moment. So uh yeah, way to go, West. Thank you for stealing mine, but <laughs> no, it's, it's all good. Uh, any Man, more you thoughts? You asked me to go first. That was the, <laughs> that's
1: you can't blame me for drawing first blood. That's here. true. That's true. That's true. But, but no, I, no. I mean, it's 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 great. Uh, but I mean, very theatrical, very dramatic. Right. It's, it's a very it's a very good concept right. to promote a sport, especially in the country where Netflix tends to be the thing. <laughs>
0: right. right. Absolutely. And and yeah, like, I mean, that's good. I kind of came prepared. I had like three moments, but uh, yeah, it's pretty much. That was pretty much... I th- my third moment was actually Kevin Magnuson breaking the door of uh, Gunter.
1: Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, I, I will say, though, know, how how he did not get cut is beyond... After
0: me. that. <laughs>
1: yeah, because, like, in in, in American sports... Uh, well, oh. I mean, team sports, I would say. I, I don't want to just say American sports because I think there's cases where it's happened in soccer or yeah. hockey or rugby, right? Yeah, where, like, if you... Like, If you hit your coach's door and break it, chances are you're not going to show, you're not going to be able to be let into the building tomorrow.
0: Right. Absolutely. And these aren't, you know, office doors, you know, these are, these are like moving. What do you call it, Wes? They're like moving skyscrapers, right? Uh, Because
1: pretty much they're like, they're like, yeah, uh, mobile homes, homes, you you can break them down. You can build them up, but they have the quality as of, (laughs) as if they were fixed.
0: Right. (laughs) But yeah, I, I don't know. I probably should have put that number two. Probably, probably there was a lot more. Looking back at it now is a lot more fun. But yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. Uh, so let's move on. Uh, this is the week that uh, McLaren had also released the video uh, for McLaren unbox where Daniel Ricciardo was seat fitting at McLaren. Right? And uh, it was interesting. Right, Wes? Like, he he seemed to be at home already. Right, but that's Daniel Ricciardo. He's kind of like the sunshine that, you know, brightens up the room. But that's the thing. McLaren already had their, their, you know, hopes up. You know, they 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 already have so much momentum that McLaren already had like smiles on their faces. Um, but yeah, I, I just love watching this video because you could you kind of get to see the intricacies of what happens during a seat fitting. Right, it's not just here's your seat, try it out. If you don't like it, then we'll throw it out. It was more of a, okay, like, it's tight around the hips, the, the, what do you call it? The racing suits, the fire, the fire suits were a little too tight. Like, these are the things that I never knew that happened. Um, I kind of knew it happened, but I, I wanted to see it to kind of like believe it, if you know what I mean.
1: Sure. I mean, I think they're really the only team in the current group that'd be willing to show you how that looks. Yeah. Right. Um, next thing you know, they're going to show how Lando's and DR's butt molds are into those <laughs> seats. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, that, that idea stemmed of something that was seen on Instagram right. that I shared with, uh, Joy. It was Vettles, um, right? No, sh- it was like a Super GT seat because it had oh. uh, kanji on it. Oh, okay, okay. But yeah, so, okay, give the listeners some context. Yeah, I saw a post on Instagram that showed a seat, a racing seat. And I, it was probably from Super GT or Super Formula, but it had the butt mold. <laughs> so, literally, those seat fittings, to Joy's point, those are taken very, very seriously because right. any kind of discomfort would pose a huge problem, Absolutely. right? As as it would, right? Like, I'm sure uh, as much as Cristiano Ronaldo would love to have a soccer jersey that's shown all his abs, I'm sure at some point that's going to become a little bit too uncomfortable. Right. So, of course, you know, you got to get the measurements right and everything. But to to make, uh, make things uh, more informative on this uh, segment, yes, Daniel Ricciardo looked like he was at home at McLaren, mm-hmm. and he seemed ready to provide the icing on the cake for right. a team that's already on the upswing. So, yeah, I mean... Right. It, it, it's got everything. Seems to be falling into place. You know, they got their drivers, they got the the team, they got the facility, they got the the engine. Right. It's just a matter of putting it all together and making sure it produces on the track.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And
1: uh, and they will be the first to reveal.
0: Yeah, Let's absolutely. Not forget that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't wait. I can't wait to see the the chassis of the McLaren how much it's changed. But um, I remember uh, Daniel Ricardo. He did an interview the year before his first year at renault or like the year before uh the year or like you know before the first year of his renault tenure um they did an interview saying you know how was the seat fitting and he actually said that um the renault car was quite different from the red bull car in that uh the seat was actually a lot lower so he actually couldn't see the edges of the car he can only see the tires um and like, of course, you can't see the, the, the real edges of the car, but he felt that he was a lot more higher in the Red Bull seat. And it's funny because in this video, in this McLaren video, he actually said that he felt a little taller, you know, compared to the Renault. So, I mean, that just goes to show, right? Like, these teams have so many different ways to allocate weight, right? To Because you need to have the center of gravity on the middle of the car. And it, it was interesting to me. I don't know. I, I found it interesting.
1: Oh yeah, I mean, it, it's it it really is, uh, you know, to put in layman's terms, a crazy ass science project. Because <laughs> you're only gonna be because you're pretty much building a card that's only gonna be used, pretty much right. for, uh, what, uh, nine months or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and the the whatever you have left of it, you gotta either display it, or you know see what how many parts you could bring into next year's car. But
0: yeah, meanwhile, yeah, and,
1: uh, it's a big project.
0: Meanwhile, George Russell has to wear a size shoe down and has to apply more padding because he's his legs were hitting because he's a lot he's a lot taller guy than than Lewis Hamilton for secure. But you know that's none of my business. <laughs>
1: Well, I mean... <laughs> right, I mean, that just happened on a whim. Right, right. right. It, I mean, granted...
0: He did look taller in that seat, by the way. Like, his right. head was sticking out a little bit more.
1: Right, I mean, I would I would say that, like, sure, maybe from a fitting standpoint, it would have been... Uh, looking back on it, it would have made more sense to call up uh, Van Dorn or right. something like that. right. But, of course, you know, because Mercedes is so obsessed with winning... You always want to put the best the best uh, guy chance for you to win. That's not a it's not to disrespect Stoffel Van Dorn, but that's how a lot of teams think. So, right. and of course, he I'm sure he as well as everybody else understands that.
0: Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so uh, let's move on, Wes. Uh, so the question of the week um, is also from another article. Uh, I believe it's the race. The race uh, put up this article, but. Stefano Domenicali said that there were some manufacturers and teams interested in joining Formula One in the future. Whether that's, you know, past 2021, it's fine. Like, they're they're interested in the new regulations that are being put forth in 2022, right? Um, and so, Wes, your thoughts on this and give me the top three manufacturers you want to see join in Formula One.
1: Well, I mean, Formula One is the pinnacle of motor racing, right? And there are car companies that have motor racing aspirations. Uh, of course what keeps them back is that F1 isn't going to bring them all that much to their market value, Mm. right? So that's why some companies shy away from it. Mm. But I think it would be nice to see more engines on the grid right at some point it will get boring just seeing Mercedes Ferrari Renault right um I mean granted there are other racing series that are just like that too i.e. Super Formula it's just Honda and Toyota Indy
0: Chevy Honda
1: Indy Chevy Honda right um and then you know NASCAR Chevy Ford (laughs) right so and well I mean Toyota too but yeah I mean I would like to see a more diverse field Hmm. But then again, of course, it's just like a high risk, low reward kind of thing.
0: Right. right. But I can, I can
1: appreciate SD for trying to make it happen or at least have those conversations. Right. Absolutely. And yeah, what are the. Your... Yeah, I know. I, I got it. I got it. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, top three manufacturers. Let's see. Uh, I would like to see Ford. Ford. Okay. Yes. Um, I would like to see Cosworth.
0: Cosworth okay
1: um and I would like to see uh because they make the engines for the McLaren road cars I would like to see uh Ricardo oh yeah yeah, yeah. okay okay Jared or Joy did not know what a, what a Ricardo engine was for one second. <laughs> for, we should, yeah, we should make like... a we should make a motion. We should make a motion to question his validity. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, no. So, I mean, granted, two out of the three would just be engine suppliers, right? In right. Ricardo and Cosworth. Right. Um, it was a really hard uh question, Joy, because I thought about Toyota, you know. Yeah, uh, I thought about uh, because they do so well in IMSA, and they're trying to kind of electrify a little bit Cadillac.
0: Mm. Cadillac, okay. Uh,
1: but um, and then you know Acura. Acura, but uh, you know the Acura seems to be already well well, well off in IMSA. Same with Cadillac. Yeah, Toyota is already better off in WRC and uh, WEC. Right. So Ford, you know, because they're so into their EcoBoost, well, what happens <laughs> I was about to, be eco? to say. What, what claims to be eco as well? Formula One. So why not? I was about and to Ford, say Ford yeah. has a success uh, track of success in Formula One.
0: Right. Right. Absolutely. And like, yeah, I was. Those are great choices, Wes. Um, I was about to say like, I would love to see the Ford EcoBoost kind of like logo, in uh, implemented in any car. Um, but yeah. Uh. I'm surprised you didn't say Toyota because Toyota is actually my number one uh, for the top three manufacturers um, because they were heading to they were heading to pretty much uh, success right in their tenure in Formula One in the short ten years but um, of course not 10 years but tenure uh, but um, yeah, you know of course the you know 2008 happened. Right, and a lot of teams had to pull out of Formula One, and Toyota was one of them, Honda was one of them. Uh, and I don't know, I, I feel like there is still this need in Formula One to satisfy the Japanese market, and who better to fill in that gap that Honda is leaving behind with Toyota, right? Like their biggest competitor in the Japanese market. Uh, I love to see Toyota. Um, now Toyota isn't like I'm sure, like, if Toyota joins, it's going to be a full team rather than just an engine supply. Um, but, yeah, like, it, it does seem like as though they are more focused on to WEC and WRC, which I'm totally fine with. Um, they're, you know, killing it in those two racing disciplines. So that's totally fine. But I would love to see them go into Formula One. I think it's, it's good to have more manufacturers in Formula One. Uh, sure. Yeah, yeah. And so number two, for me, is uh, Porsche, right? So Porsche has this story of conquering pretty much every racing discipline except for Formula One, right? Porsche is like they've conquered W WEC uh, and like they've co- they've conquered GT racing, uh, and you know they're still pushing the boundaries, you know, in Formula E right and you know and that's the thing right Uh, formula one is just still the racing discipline that they haven't yet you know broken through and I do think like in their first years uh, of uh, supplying engines uh, they weren't met with a real fair shake right because they didn't didn't have the time to develop the engines and when they were able to develop the engines, uh, the, the Porsche just pretty much cut them out, uh, or like the the corporate just pretty much cut them out. So, yeah, uh, I think Porsche, as storied as they are, they should have a Formula One profile. Um, and yeah, it, it would be it would be fun to see Porsche because, again, right, it, there's always also this rivalry between Porsche versus Mercedes, right? Who's the better German? manufacturer um and yeah i think i think that's just i mean that's i I would love to see that happen i would love to see that happen i want to see that that livery of that white black and red right and so more like the the formula e car it's probably gonna look a lot more like the formula e car but yeah uh and number three this was actually quite difficult to pick but I would love to see Lotus back in Formula One sure. which is a uh, it's probably the more the most far-fetched um manufacturer because Lotus seems to kind of you know gone away from from the racing scene from uh you know and and it's strange right because actually the the real Lotus team is actually the Renault team right now um and you know, if Lotus were to buy a new team, create a new team into Formula One, they would have to completely do it from the ground up. Um, and that that's gonna be that's gonna be a lot of money. And that's the thing, right? Lotus isn't that big of a manufacturer. They're kind of a small, uh, a small manufacturer. And just imagine the team, the small Formula One team that they could probably. Uh, so, yeah, that's probably the most far far-fetched one, but I just I just love Lotus's um, liveries, and I think it's too iconic to to not have in the grid. But you know, I mean, we don't have them in the grid anymore. So, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of uh it's sad, but yeah, that's what I, those those are the three manufacturers that I would love to see in Formula One.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's gonna take uh, I mean, for Lotus. Yeah, Lotus was uh, Lotus and Porsche were one of the options I considered as well. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, we'll see, right? I can see Lotus coming back, but it would have to take it would have to take an investment right. from maybe Mercedes right. or something to give them an engine. Right. Right. right?
0: Absolutely. Or even
1: or Renault. Some other, some other, yeah, some other, some other company, right? Um that would make sense. So <laughs> yeah, no, I mean or even Cosworth, right? Yeah. So, absolutely. Uh we'll we'll see. But we'll see. for now, it's a good idea to actually have that kind of conversation and I'm looking forward to it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And uh before we go, Wes, I need to get one thing from you. Sure. Bucks or Chiefs? Just for our fans. Bucks or Chiefs today.
1: Oh, I'm going with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Ooh,
0: okay. Okay, decent.
1: Um, you know, and of <laughs> course since this is a worldwide show, uh of course uh everyone around the world should have an idea of who Tom Brady is. Yep. Uh and I would hope that uh although his story is already great, I would hope that uh we get a chance to see him lift that trophy for a seventh time in mm. his career.
0: Mm. Uh, I'm actually on the other side. Um this is the first time I'm ever betting against Tom Brady in a Super Bowl. I've always uh rooted for him, but Patrick Mahomes is uh, I I love that I love that guy. I love how he slings the ball. Uh and I think he is a difference maker, so uh, I'm going for the Chiefs today. Chief Nation. Okay. <laughs> cool, cool. No,
1: I mean, we'll see. I mean, we we just got to wait and see, right? All right? Um I will say uh of course, uh, going going against Brady is never a good idea. That's a yeah. that's a lesson. That's a lesson that I I've learned throughout time, and Absolutely. that is probably what I want to share with the fans. That <laughs> going against Brady is never a good idea. So, but you know, sometimes you just got to send it, and Joy's trying to send it. Let's see if he gets uh, his uh, his uh, end plate knocked off, or if he's actually going to make the pass. We'll see.
0: We'll see. We'll see. All right guys, that that is our show for this week. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh what we'll, uh you know, come again on uh, on Sunday and
1: we'll have a fresh new episode. Thank you guys so much. Keep it on track everyone. Thank you.